the perfect Manhattan couple. They seem good together. Trouble behind closed doors. This man had deep emotional problems. He had tremendous rage, and she was incredibly unhappy. An unsolvable mystery. There's no fingerprints, no forensic evidence. There's no body. He'll never get a conviction. It's an unwinnable case. A family determined. We knew who did it, and we couldn't get him. Okay, so this is going to be the first podcast episode that I just want to apologize in advance to all the listeners because we just had a bunch of tacos, beans, rice. We might be in a carb fog, and I'm not sure what's going to be said or what's going to happen. So we'll start with our introductions as usual. I'm Elena. I'm Mom. And I forgot to get your thing up again. Do you want to introduce yourself? I will. Hang on one second. <laughs> okay. Hang on okay. one second. Uh, let's see here. What Mom. thing? The oh. sayings, of course. Oh, Lord. The so, momisms. <clears throat> the momisms. <laughs> Mom knows that if she sees a crime in an Apple store, she's an eyewitness. <laughs> <laughs> I got You've had some good ones lately in the last three months. Thank you. And my name is Sherry. And this I'm is write that one down. Outline of a murder. So we've this is what our fifth recording mm-hmm. today. And yes. And so we've had really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's why when you yeah. said you could do another one, all okay. Let's do that. Absolutely. Man. But our bartender here, would oh, you yes. please describe the <laughs> Every podcast we have a drink. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. this is a limoncello champagne cocktail. Oh. Pure yes. liquor, pure and alcohol. I, and I like. With champagne. I like. It keeps uh, moving, Sherry. Yes, it does. I like uh, cocktails. Let's see. That I checked with Stephen. I had him test yours. I was like, do I need to put sugar in there? Oh, no, that's good. Limoncello is always, no matter how you dress it up, it's very strong. Yes. I taste no champagne. No. Let me, let me I try it. I would enjoy it. Because, I, I mean, I've had him. I love the Manhattan. You know, and it was stout, like it got you, you know, by the throat. But this Limoncello one. is. Yeah. Let me try again. Okay, if you're brave, I will be. Oh. <laughs> wow. Does it need more champagne? You know, you can actually feel the, <laughs> the stuff coming out of your mouth. I just want to say I'm being an excellent bartender because, I mean, I really enjoy those types of drinks. Do you want this one? <laughs> Okay, so it actually does not taste bad. It's just really, really stout. Stout. So because of that, I'm going to give it a three and a half. Now don't feel pressure. Don't feel pressure. Yeah, I'm going with a two. Yes. But in keeping, you can't really, you know, depend on my ratings because I don't drink a lot. Because you like Moscato's. Yeah, sweet stuff. I'm sorry. I mean, not that you guys drink a lot, but I, you drink more than I drink. Yes, yes. No, it's a little. It's a little sad. Try mine. So See if it's a little bit less. Third taste. I don't think it's changing with each See taste. This one. Oh, I measured them like the that. same. Oh no, they're the same. Okay. Yes. 
Yeah, that might be it for me today. As well, then Stephen would like it. Yeah, because he we'll really enjoyed it. Okay, he can have it. Well, well I mean, I'm not, del- I'm not maybe. being a so, bartender. I mean, I mean, a waitress. I mean, bartender's it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll let him have those. Yeah. And Mike might like it. He likes more stuff. He did. Stuff. He he took. Uh, he did say uh, it was thing of it, and he said he liked it. And it was out. <laughs> okay. Now, mm-hmm. this case, I think I saw it on a show, and I had heard about it uh, back in the day when it happened. Um, it's a perfect example of, again, ignored red flags. Uh, the myth that love can overcome all things. The problem that... You know, some people might have is that love for you is not the same for the other person, right? Right. And um, the uh, basically killer. I mean, everybody knows. It, you know, the person that we're talking about is the one that did the killing, Robert. Uh, and let me see if I can say his name, Berenbaum. Have y'all heard of him? Mm-mm. No, but her face looks familiar. But no, yeah. I don't. Yeah, uh, he was a certified genius. From a well-to-do family. Really? Yep. He was wealthy, a plastic surgeon, and a pilot who would take women on romantic flights and woo them to be his. And uh, so, okay, so I had to regroup. So we are back live. And I think maybe when I wrote this, I was in a taco coma. I'm not sure what happened. (laughs) But, okay, so Robert Berenbaum, like I said, he was a plastic surgeon. And this is Gail. They met in um, the early 80s, and she was in college working odd jobs in Manhattan when they met. And they hit it off pretty quick. Uh, this is a picture of them. Who does that look like? I don't know. Ted Bundy. To me. Oh, it kind of does look like Ted Bundy. <laughs> At wow. first glance, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to me, she's just um, gorgeous. But look at his, his eyes mm-hmm. and his face. I mean... I don't know. I'd be a little bit nervous. But she was a very, like, independent, you know, go-getter. She was feisty. Like, you know, a lot of New Yorkers, they're feisty. Yeah, yeah. But they they did hit it off. And her family, and she thought it was a perfect match. I mean, he's smart. He's successful. Um, They, I mean, he spoke multiple languages. I mean, you know, it was a catch for Mm -hmm. her. Uh, and he also had a passion for gourmet cooking. Oh. But, like, nice. okay, you've got, you know, a situation where he's successful. He takes you for flights in his plane. You know, he cooks meals for you on dates. And so, just like a lot of them, they started dating pretty quick and moved in together pretty quick. Uh, but here is a, a big red flag, okay? Just so you know, our listeners know. Um, so Gail's sister, Elaine, let me get her picture up here. Cause she was in the show that I watched about it. Uh, she s- said that at first a romance seemed magical until she told it about a, a strange, she called it double date at a sushi restaurant where Robert shoved food into her sister's mouth and then he tried to shove food into Elaine's mouth. Oh, I'm sorry. Disrespect no. for no, women. No. Obviously. Yeah. yeah, I that is really weird to me. Uh, so I just think that you know, if your um, sisters, you know, 
romantic interest or your own romantic interest tries to shove food into your mouth or anybody else's, that would be a red flag. And it's not your wedding day with cake. Right. I mean, I've never heard of that. I, I wouldn't know what would possess someone to shove food. I mean, I can see if he's being playful with his oh, yeah. girlfriend, but the sister? Yeah. So if we went on a triple date and Steven started shoving food down your well, mouth. Well, I think it would be you shoving yeah. food well, into Steven's But if he mouth, did. We have identified a pattern there. That'd be over. You know what I mean? If yeah, you're dating, that's weird. Be, I mean, that's just weird. I would probably be like, hey, hold up. What are you doing? Yeah. You know, I mean, me, space, I might food, be confused. In my mouth. Yeah, shoving food down your mouth. I'd be like, hold up now. <laughs> yeah. We're like, we got a problem. So that definitely, you know, caught her attention. And then the other thing is that Elaine shared how her sister called her one day hysterically crying because Robert tried to drown her cat oh. in the toilet on his east upper side apartment. That'd be goodbye. Yeah. So isn't that like a sign of a serial killer? It can. Cruelty I mean, to animals. That's one of the patterns is cruelty to animals. Yeah. In a toilet. Yeah. So tried to drown should her cat. Should have walked out right away. She should have. And Elaine tried to get her to leave him. I mean, she's she like, wouldn't. something's wrong with this guy. You know, it's not normal to try to kill your cat. It's not mm-hmm. normal to shove food down your throat. And she said, no, 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 Elaine, we're going to get rid of the cat. And then everything's going to be fine because he's going to believe that I love him. Wow. Um, what, what does that have to do with the She cat? loves the cat more, he probably thinks. Well... So, I think, yeah, what it was is he was jealous of the cat. Of a cat. A cat. Yeah. Yeah. And she chose him over Over a cat. Yeah. Animal. Well, and to me, if you have someone that's jealous of your pet, that's a huge red flag. Right. Like, an animal? I mean, what are they going to do if you ever have kids? Mm -hmm. Mm Uh-huh. But in spite of him trying to kill her cat, they went ahead and married. Wow. So we've got the food situation. We've got the cat situation. There was probably more, too. She just didn't say. Yeah. Plus, this was the early 80s. I don't know if abuse was yet, like, if people were as educated as they are now. And vocal. Yeah. yeah they were. Yeah. Because there was a generation where you beating your wife was considered a normal thing. Yeah. That's what you were supposed to do mm-hmm. or have a heavy hand with her. And so I don't know what the dynamic there. She may not have even recognized at all the danger that she was in. Yeah. And I, the reason it seemed so disjointed at first, I couldn't find a lot about their early years at all. Because um, I'm trying to figure out what on earth was I thinking. So there wasn't a lot of information about that. But um, I do feel on top of, you know, abuse not being as discussed was also that romantic idea that love conquers all uh love will you know change Mm -hmm. and things like that because i remember that when i was a kid that mentality Uh Uh, i do too i had a family member like a a step-grandmother that was beaten by her husband and everybody was like why haven't you left well because you don't do that they were from that generation where you don't do that Mm. And uh, and later their marriage was good, and you know before he passed away. But it was still just kind of, you know, what are you doing with this person? She also told her sister, "I'm smart. I'm loving. My love will cure. This is going to work out." Mm. A lot of women think that way. Yep, they can fix them. Yep. 
So over time, Gail's friends and family noticed that the marriage was growing toxic. Robert was very controlling, and um, uh, Elaine confided, or I'm sorry, Gail confided in a neighbor that she did not feel comfortable at home. Her last name was Katz, by the way. She owned a cat. <laughs> okay. So this is just the little, the little bit of background I could find pre-marriage to try to get some signs, you know, for people. They're just unusual signs, though. I mean, it's, you know, kind of weird, the cat and the... Well, I think the animal thing could definitely be normal because, like, you've got John or Jason Bond that he threatened to kill her dog, and then you have him trying to kill her cat. So oh, yeah. I think abusers definitely use cats or... Animals against yeah. and hold them like as a threat or. But you this know. is going one further. This is like literally trying to kill a pet. Yeah. Your pet. Yeah. 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 He definitely went further than most. Jealousy over a cat. Mm-hmm. Now the marriage uh, was in 1982, and by the fall of 1983, she'd already left him at least once. They reconciled, but by the summer of '84, Gail had an affair with an investment banker. So by the spring of 1985, she was in another relationship with a co-worker. Uh, she was working on her doctorate in clinical psychology at Long Island University. She had taken out a $10,000 loan so she could pay for graduate school without his help. And she had also been secretly looking for another place to live. And she was planning on telling Robert she wanted a divorce on the weekend of July 7, 1985. Uh, this oh, the fair part psychology. is so scary because when he finds out, oh my gosh. So this is them at their wedding. Those eyes, they like, mm-hmm. like he looks like evil. Mm-hmm. And it was in the one that he, when they first met, too. It's probably just his eyes. It just looks like that to me. And then, you know, you can tell she loves him by the way she's looking at him in the pictures. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, I mean, it... I don't, like, dislike her for what, you know, she did as far as having an affair, actually two affairs, but it's obvious she's trying to get away from him, and she has no interest, Mm -hmm. and she's dating other men, Uh, and then she's also making plans to get rid of him, which, you know, like we tell people, when you leave is when you're in the most danger. And Gail was last seen at her and Robert's Manhattan apartment at 11 a.m. July 7th. Robert later admitted that he and Gail had argued that morning and that Gail walked out of the residence onto East 85th Street to clear her head and calm down in Central Park. Robert said that he waited at the apartment until 5.30 when he finally left to attend a family birthday party in New Jersey. Witnesses stated that he didn't seem concerned at the party, but when he later went to a friend's house, he acted upset and he called the apartment a few times because he couldn't you know, get a hold of her. Finally, at midnight, Robert called one of Gail's friends to see if she had seen his wife. He also called her psychotherapist because Gail had a regularly scheduled appointment, but she never showed. So I'm assuming, I don't know if it was that day she had an appointment or the next day that she had an appointment, but at this point, he's trying to find her. So I'm assuming it's July 7th is when she had the appointment because he then, well, no, it could have been the 8th because he didn't report her missing until the evening of the next day. So she might have had an appointment the the next day with her psychotherapist. Uh, He did say that their marriage was deeply troubled. Both of them were in therapy. Other than Robert, Gail's gynecologist and hairdresser saw her July 6th, and then also she saw a friend that afternoon. So my opinion, 
is that he took care of her on the seventh mm-hmm. because she was Seven. seeing the sixth, and then they did have a fight. And if they lived in an apartment, other people could maybe have heard. So now police wanted to search the apartment, and remember, he was a certified genius. So they wanted mm-hmm. to search the apartment, which was the last place that she was seen. And I bet the relationship trouble that he admitted to definitely made them want to go in and search the apartment and look around. But Robert said he would get back to them on that. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, so, you you know, they could have gotten a search warrant. I don't know why they didn't. That can take a lot of time unless emergency. Well, three months later, he said they could. So three bet, months? Yeah. So I bet they could have gotten a search. Well, I don't know because... Getting a search warrant is not that easy. No. You have to have cause. probable cause. But to me, a missing wife would be probable cause. Yes. I three know. months? Yeah, three months went by, and he told them that they could only search for fingerprints and anything else that might identify Gail, but not for evidence of a crime. Well, he can't dictate that. Actually, he can. The officers, if it's signed by mm-hmm. a judge, well, they, they have can... a search warrant. He oh, let them come oh, into okay. his home. Oh, yeah, you can you, then, right. Yeah. Why yeah, did they yeah. not get a search, search warrant? warrant judge no, yeah. That's <laughs> not, I don't, I'm not impressed. And then the search occurred September 30th. And, of course, while they're in there, they're trying to see if anything looks weird. Uh, but, again, it's three months later. It's the end of September, and he's telling them exactly what they can search. So what are they going to find? You know, so he basically confined it to just a way to find her. And again, I mean, I don't know about the search warrant. I mean, I, it was hard to find details on this case. I wish I knew why they didn't get one, because again, it seems like a missing wife would be a good reason. Yeah, I would think so. Now, that's not all he tried to control. He also tried to control Gail's story by smearing her reputation. Of course he that's did. M.O. Yep. He said that she was mentally ill and abused drugs. The family said that that is not true. And not only were they untrue, they also alerted police to his violent behavior. They also told the investigators that he had choked her into unconsciousness after he caught her smoking cigarettes. And then they also told about the cat incident. Unfortunately, Gail didn't file a report on the choking incident, but she did tell a police admin aide at a local precinct. So it sounds like her family was pressuring her to tell the cops what happened. But like we've seen with people, she wanted to minimize and not get him in trouble for whatever reason. And so she did go and tell a police admin person, but not an actual officer Mm. that could have done anything. And uh, I mean, again, it's just weird. It's like, you know, choking yourself... Or having someone choke you and try to kill your cat is just not normal. And I do not get why that wouldn't have been enough for her to tell police because it's attempted murder. Other stories, though, they've done a whole lot worse and they don't don't do anything. anything. So now some people it's fear with her. I'm not sure actually that if she was scared enough. I don't know if she thought he would kill her. I don't think she'd have had a fair affair if she knew he was going to be that bad. Mm -mm. Uh -uh. Because she'd have been scared to death. Right. Because that would cause him to kill her. Uh, Now the prosecutor, Daniel Bibb, said that if the choking incident had happened in 2021, Robert would have been arrested. But back then... That's what I was thinking in the 80s and in New York. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, 
Now, the only thing that police had that made them suspicious, other than the fact that, you know, their marriage was in trouble, was a two-hour flight in a rented four-passenger Cessna 172 Skyhawk from Essex County, New Jersey, over the Atlantic Ocean the day Gail disappeared. Oh. They also discovered that he attempted to falsify his flight logs by changing the day of the flight. Oh. That's all they had. They didn't have a body. And back then, it was rare that they would prosecute a case without a body. True. Now, they will build a good case on circumstantial, but back then, they wouldn't take the chance. It's sort of obvious what we think. I mean, that I think mm-hmm. what he did to her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, no body, no evidence of a crime in the apartment, nothing. And it also appear, appears that Gail had convinced him to visit a therapist, who, get this, who ended up writing her a letter telling her to get out of the marriage immediately, and he was concerned that Robert, Robert would kill her. Now, this therapist, I've seen him on several true crime shows, and he was talking about it, and he said he's never done that since, and he had never done it before. That he felt oh, wow. it was a matter of time. So there was way more than he, that he had done. Yeah, well, there, we know or about. Or he saw something that scared him, or heard something that scared him that he was going to go after. Her. I don't know if maybe Robert let his guard down because it's his therapist and they're not allowed to share their sessions, or if the anger and the rage was so prominent on his face that, or maybe the way he talked about Gil. I don't know. All I know is his therapist said you need to get away. Oh, his therapist. Oh, okay. his told her. Yeah. Oh, I, thought I was wondering why the letter. Yeah, I thought. Wow, oh. that's huge. That is huge. So he knew she was in danger. Um, but wouldn't he know the mail would go to the same house? I mean, well, I don't send know, a but letter like that to where your abuser lives. Well, I don't. I mean, he might have sent it to her employment. That's I don't know true. where he sent that's it. That's true. Um, and I don't know if the letter, any part of it caused her to leave or if she just got tired of them, but she was, you know, again, making those plans. Uh, I really believe she did not think he would kill her or she would not have been alone with him that day that she told him she wanted a divorce. Uh, and it was confirmed later. That's exactly what happened. She told him, I'm going to divorce you. And then she vanished. And so that's kind of maybe like a tip there uh, if again if you have red flags of any type of violence whatsoever any type of exertion dominance control or someone trying to kill your pet you probably don't want to then have a private conversation in your apartment to tell them you're leaving yeah yeah, yeah. you want to do that in a public place or have a friend or a group of friends with you at the time i mean mm-hmm. i don't care if it's awkward find somebody to be there with you and if she would have done that she probably wouldn't be dead but again we, she may not have thought it would have gone that far i don't think she did or she probably but I just would want to, you know listeners yeah. please yeah. because you see that over and over yeah. like the case i watched the other day that uh, katrina lady where she was beaten regularly by that rikers island you know correctional mm-hmm. officer mm-hmm. and she goes to his house alone well she had her daughter but no one that could actually help her bring a sheriff get a police yeah. officer well she actually couldn't because he was considered police and they mm-hmm. wouldn't help her dusty and i were in a situation where we had to assist just like that and oh my word it was so awkward yeah for us but so happy that we were there yeah. and 
Yeah. Just in case. Don't feel Scary. that you're imposing on people because I can guarantee you that the pain they feel if anything ever happens to you will be much greater oh, yeah. than any embarrassment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, any awkwardness. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's worth asking people to help you. Yeah. Uh, a friend later told investigators that Gail had sh- uh, shared that Robert told her he would kill her if she ever left him. Wow. So, again, I don't know if she believed, didn't believe him or what, but he definitely had threatened her repeatedly. Now, 15 years go by. 15? So, yep. He moved to Las Vegas in 1989. He set up a plastic surgery practice there. Elaine believes he moved because of her, the, you know, the sister, uh, because she launched a campaign against him by writing uh, letters to his neighbors and to the hospitals where he worked telling them about Gail's disappearance. Wow. I like her. I do, too. That's so dangerous, though. Hey. I mean. And once he got to Las Vegas, he met this lady. Uh, Her name is, let's see, um, Dr. Stephanie Youngblood, and she was a chiropractor. Uh, She later said that their first year was perfect. They attended black tie medical events, Took lots of ski trips like Argentina in August. And, of course, flights, his romantic flights. Robert and Stephanie also joined an organization that flew doctors and nurses in and out of Mexico to treat children there. So I think that's what that is. Because she was a chiropractor, not a medical doctor. But um, I think that's where they were at in that picture. They seemed compatible. They had common interests. Look at the door. (laughs) A heart for helping others. And he did admit to Stephanie that he had been married before and his wife had disappeared. She said that the way he told the story was believable, that he didn't want it to all get out and asked her to keep it under wraps. So this is her. And then later, she was in that show. Uh, this is her. Uh, she started seeing signs. And she wow. aged really pretty. Yeah, like, she's to me, she got prettier as she aged. Yeah. Now, the cracks started to appear for her as well with two incidents. The first one was when Robert exploded with rage at her in front of other people. Hmm. Wow. Over what, I wonder? Something? I don't know. Like I said, it was hard to get information. The second incident happened when she insisted he see a therapist who recommended that she end the relationship with him because her life could be in danger. So she did. Now, guys, that's crazy. Second one. The second therapist in a totally different Mm -hmm. town, totally different state, contacting the the you know romantic interest saying, get away from this man. I don't know what he was telling these therapists, but he was freaking them out to where they would borderline violate their Mm -hmm. oath Mm -hmm. to protect somebody. Mm -hmm. So I I would love to know what he said. You know what I mean? Because he said something. Okay, uh, now she got away from him, and uh, to me, she's strong because Very she could strong. have, you know. And I'm not saying that Gail's not strong. No, but but she, um, she just listened to wisdom, and right. I think because she did, her life has been preserved. We don't hear a lot that after one comment to get away that they actually do it. And that's what we're they trying always, to encourage yeah, people: stay and stay. Don't dismiss warnings. Right. You know, don't dismiss those. So, I believe she saved her own life by that decision. In the same year, 1989, a torso... Can we let her in? Okay. No? Okay, fine. You can let her in. Oh. Okay. Well, anyway, 
a torso washed up on Staten, Staten Island. Oh. They didn't have DNA testing at the time. So How many years, you said? Well, it's 1989, and she went missing in, what, 85, I think? So four years later. So while he's building his new life in Las Vegas, um, the torso washes up on Staten Island. They didn't have DNA testing, so what they did, and I've never heard of this, they tried to confirm it was Gail using uh, x-rays of the chest. For what, though? To identify the body, if it was Gail, because it was a torso. There was no the head. Chest. I know, but how would you know? Before? I don't yeah. know. Huh. I don't know. Because you're... I mean, you'd have to some surgery. Yeah, I wonder to know. if there was a surgery that she had had that would have them. I don't know. X-ray them, but she did. So. There, there were old X-rays of Gail that they compared the X-rays of this torso to, oh. and they determined that it was Gail. And so her sister was, you know, thank goodness, um, and they had a body to bury, and they have some closure. That's right. what was said. Okay, now after Stephanie left Robert, <clears throat> he started dating again this lady. Oh, they look like they could be siblings. Oh, they do. Uh, and he ended up marrying her. She's a Las Vegas gynecologist named Janet Shalott. They moved to Minna, Minna, Minot? Yeah, Minot, Minot, North Dakota. Yeah, we have a community there. Okay, and they had a baby girl. He and Janet, uh, with their little girl, seemed very successful, a well-liked young family. No one knew of his past. Uh, eventually, his wife accepted a new job in Grand Forks, so he practiced in both cities flying back and forth. Uh, also, Robert was a local hero because he saved a little boy's life. The little boy got bit by a tiger, and because he was there, uh, at the, the state fair, he was able to save his life, and then they got him in surgery. Who does that sound like? Ted Bundy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and then his nanny even said he was a great, you know, because obviously busy doctors had a nanny, that he looked good, he wore suits, no, that he liked looking good, wearing suits, that he loved his child, loved dogs, just all over all the things you would think would be great characteristics. Just not cats. Right. So ridiculous. <laughs> so we've got 15 years have passed. He's building a new life. As far as I know, he's not killed anybody else. But we have therapists that keep getting freaked out every time. Wow. Meanwhile, a Detective Andy Rosenwig, one of the original investigators, was close to retirement. And he was looking into old cases that still bothered him. Mm -hmm. And this was one of them. He really wanted to sell it or solve it. And it had been cold for 10 years and um, uh, at this point. And so the first thing he did is he wanted them to test the torso, the DNA on there, to see if it actually was Gail. Oh, because they had a forensic... Um, yeah. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Tacos. Tacos. <laughs> yes. Slowing y'all down think about a little it, bit. Just let me know. Yeah. Okay. So they they did they did the DNA testing and it was not Gail. Oh no! Oh, my word. Mm -hmm. oh, was so they it? buried someone else? Mm -hmm. They buried someone else. Elaine said that little little shred of closure that I had has now been ripped away. Yeah. Oh. She said I looked at Dan Bibb. And at Steve, the assistant DA, and said, now you better get a
she's mad. You know what I mean? You better solve my sister's case. You better take it to court and you better get a conviction because she knew that he had killed her sister and she was devastated to know that she did not have her sister Aww. back. So they decided to go and re-interview everyone at this point. They flew to North Dakota to speak to Robert. They flew to Vegas to speak to Stephanie, Dr. Youngblood. Stephanie told them of a time uh, of how Robert had gotten a phone call from the Port Authority police in New York City saying they thought Gail had been found. So that was when they were early dating and the torso showed up. He told Stephanie, I doubt it's Gail. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, he knew. Wow. They also spoke with former girlfriends, which probably didn't take them long. No. Um, he was, you know, dating like three weeks after Gail went missing, but they used what uh, Robert Hatton told them as evidence. He hadn't told them that he had taken the plane out for a two-hour flight the day Gail disappeared, and he tried to doctor the flights. So they took all the circumstantial evidence before a grand jury, and he was indicted for second-degree murder. And he was arraigned in New York City December 8, 1999, and then he wow. was free on bail. Wow. Yeah, so the case was very small. You know what I mean? Like yeah. They didn't have a lot Because back go then, they didn't, if you didn't have a body, it was almost impossible. Yeah. Well, 98, I think things were changing a bit by then. Mm. They were. I... It was probably still unusual. Yeah. And they knew it was going to be a a tough case, the prosecutors. They knew. And they had no forensics, no eyewitnesses, no nothing. And one of the biggest challenges was to show what they believed happened, which is this. They believed that Robert probably strangled Gail in the apartment, took her body up on the plane, and dumped her out over the ocean. What they had to prove is, can you fly a plane and dump a body mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. So if they could prove that, then they thought they might have a good chance of convicting him. So not only did they know it could be done, they actually filmed themselves doing it. Right. Obviously, a, you know, not a real Because you can put it on pilot. It's just the pressure of opening the door. Oh, you're, you're a uh, pilot as well. No, but I've seen well that on, your doctor, on A doctor TV's. degree, yes. Yeah. Right? I mean, I've seen that on TV on some shows. And they do have the video uh, on the... But in the 80s? On the show. Well, this is... Oh. Yeah. They had autopilot back then, a little Cessna, but I think he probably would have had to move quick, you know? Yeah. And I I saw the video of them testing it that they showed in court on the the show about this case. And it was... I mean, they just sat on autopilot and went over there and just got, you know... They had like a... Not a cadaver, but like a, a mannequin a heavy, that was the same, yeah, you know, weight and, all, and size, and threw the mannequin out, and it worked. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And they went back over there, and, and in fact, the judge later said it was extremely effective demonstration. Oh, I would imagine. Extremely. Uh, now, I thought I had the plane, but I don't. So our listeners can. Uh, definitely look up. Um, look how angry he Cessna. looks. Mm-hmm. Well, and one thing I noticed about him is it, it's like he always had contempt and on his uh-huh. mouth. Yep. Um, in almost every picture, it's and you know contempt, like we said in the previous episode, that it's hidden hostility. And uh, so yeah, he just looks like a a, a typical you know poop bird. Mm-hmm. Okay. The trial opened October second, two thousand, and the press was really curious how. They, the prosecutor was going to solve the problem of the missing body. Um, this isn't referred to Gail's body. It's actually a legal term, what the law calls corpus delecti. 
that's a test, which refers to the fact that you have to have a body of a crime. You have to have enough parts of evidence that you think actually will create uh, a crime. Otherwise, you don't have a case because you don't have enough circumstantial evidence. Right. You don't have enough evidence at all. So the press was really wondering, how was the prosecutor going to prove that a crime right. actually occurred? Right. And then, uh, now, again, like we've discussed, since then, but even back then, like you were saying in the 90s, there's been several people that have been convicted based on the body of a crime, not the actual body of the victim. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's definitely but been this done. this is very far-fetched. Yeah. 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 It is. I mean, they literally just have him doctoring the records. Yeah. In a flight. That's it. Okay. They proved that there had been no sign of Gail's existence since she disappeared using testimony from friends and family, as well as absolutely no activity on her bank, on her credit cards, or Social Security. They also included the fact as evidence that she was going to tell Robert that she was leaving him for another man. They said that now, and, and here's the thing: if she, if he was jealous of her cat, I can't imagine the rage he flew into when she told him. Uh, they said that Robert strangled her, then spent hours dismembering her body before stuffing it in a duffel bag. He then put her body in his father's Cadillac trunk, drove to Essex County, and disposed of her body from the plane. They showed that he had lied repeatedly and had given conflicting accounts of her disappearance. He even said that Gail's psychotherapist said she was suicidal. And she testified that she never reported such a thing. So they're using lies as evidence, too, which I thought was interesting. Uh, In fact, she said that Gail had gone apartment hunting and bought birth control devices just before she vanished, which didn't indicate any suicidal thoughts. No. Uh -uh. Yeah. So they're using the lies. They're using, you know, the circumstantial evidence. Her last days. Yeah. And the duffel bag, I'm wondering if the reason they're using that, because they can't just bring that up out of thin air, if maybe they knew he had one at one time and then it's gone later. I don't know. Or maybe they're just thinking that's how he would get her body out is using a duffel bag. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because he had to get it out somehow to put it on the plane. Plus, he lives in an apartment, so obviously you can't drag the body to the elevator and go all the way down. You know, so you have to have it in something, you know, suitcase, duffel bag. Wow. Now, the judge would not allow the prosecutors to discuss the letters that were sent to Gail and Stephanie by their, Mm. by his doctors because of the client doctor privilege, which to me, that was stupid. That's stupid because it's a letter sent to to her. I I mean, it's nothing with the doctor sent. I mean, you know, here's the report. Yeah, I could see them preventing the the girlfriend, the doctor, the chiropractor, but her situation, a professional qualified to yeah. identify psychopaths and whatnot. Right. And not only that, but if there's any concern about client-doctor privilege, the doctor already broke it by sending the yeah. letter to Gail. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know why that would even matter, because well, it's, it's already done. Trying to protect them, that would be the only thing. Yeah, I mm, think it's stupid. Yeah, I agree. The jury deliberated for five and a half hours and came back with a verdict of guilty. Of course. Wow. Yeah. You would think. I mean, I have seen cases where there was like tons of evidence and they take three days, five days, you know, 10. And you're like, guys, come on. This is not hard. You know, in this case, with very little evidence, they convicted him quick. I'm curious what his demeanor was in the whole. Was he cocky? Probably. I imagine. Well, that's at the courthouse, so. 
if that picture is any yeah. <laughs> indicator. The, uh, now they also his defense asked for fifteen to life because they don't believe he'll kill anybody else, and that was a crime of passion. The prosecutor asked for twenty to life. The judge decided that she agreed with Elaine's point that he had spent hours cutting his wife's body apart. Clearly shows that he's a very disturbed person and that he used his wealth, intelligence, and education to get rid of her body and that he might be a danger. So he got the, the longer sentence. At least the judge saw it. Yeah. Right? But he claimed he was <clears throat> innocent until December 2020. Oh. So tell me what you think about this because this is the, the end here. This is a short one. but And wait a minute. So when, when was he convicted? In uh, 2000. Yeah, so 20, 20. 20 years. He served 20 years. Yep, so it's 20 to life, okay? So for 20 years, he said he's innocent. Well, he can't be convicted of the same crime. So at this point, he's finally eligible for parole. He confessed at his parole hearing to the exact crime the prosecution said happened. Everything they said was exactly what he did. So he confesses to it, and he said, I wanted her to stop yelling and I attacked her. He strangled her, he cut her body up, and he disposed of her body on the flight that he took July 7, 1985. He said that um, he killed his wife because he was immature and, quote, didn't understand how to deal with his anger. So I'm hoping that the parole board saw through the fact that for 20 years he's denied killing his wife, yep. and in the minute... He's up for parole. He confesses it. That's the that would I would never confess then. Well, isn't it common for them to push you to um, tell the truth? Tell the truth, confess, and then maybe you'll get paroled. Yeah, but he's a certified genius. Yeah, so not all the details. To me, he only confessed to get parole. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, Uh Yeah, it wasn't any remorse. No, no. well, he might have had remorse because he ruined his life, but there was no No. repentance. No. Sorrow for what he did. Uh, and then again, he's like, um, you know, I didn't know how to control my anger at the time. It was her I fault. I just wanted her to stop yelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, actually, I'm not sure if he was blaming. Like, it is like he was actually blaming her. I mean, he's he's literally describing it. I wanted her to stop yelling and I attacked her. Um, it didn't seem like he was blaming her for Perfect. him attacking her. Uh, that it was just like, I wanted her to stop. And so to me, he sounded like he got really angry and mm-hmm. he strangled her to death. Yeah. Um, but uh, she, or he, his parole was denied. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. And his next hearing was in November of 2021, but I cannot find anywhere if he was released or not. I so was thinking, if I would never knows, I would love to know. Say that to a parole board. They're, they're not going to let you out. Well, no, you have to admit to your crime. You do, they but you, you don't have to go in detail. Well, well he just matched go, what they had said. Yeah, he's yeah. letting them know the prosecutors had it exactly correct. Crazy. I, I wouldn't have let him out either. Yeah, but I don't know. So if any of the listeners know, I would I would really like to, to If he know got if out in 2021. Yeah, well, yeah. And it's nowhere it, to be found? No, I couldn't find it anywhere. Hmm. All right, so my thoughts is, and I'm not... You know, trying to speak ill of Gail. I just, everybody has, um, you know, ego. And that's a big thing for me, um, that people recognize it. But I believe that she was naive in thinking that love was going to solve someone that tried to kill her cat. 
Um, I think also it was ego because remember she told her sister that her love would cure right. Robert. Right. What would make you think that your love would be any different from anybody else's? I know, in his past. Like, I wonder if she knew in his past that he had such odd behavior. I don't know if she knew anything about his past. But I do know that one of the things that sometimes you see in situations like this is where the one that's with the guy, um, and maybe vice versa, but especially females, they want to be the most important person to that individual. Right. And so, like, they will dismiss things or they will create these romanticized ideas and think, well, I can cure him. Yeah. I, you know, my mm-hmm. love is different mm-hmm. from anybody else's. Right. And so to me, that's like a, a significance issue there that is dangerous. Um, now, I believe that those ideas and maybe even just, you know, her youth blinded her to how dangerous and disturbed her husband was. Uh, not to mention that she did love him at one point. But again, the fact that his own therapist warned her. Yeah. That's stunning. You And you she was in school for psychology. Yeah. yeah. Like she would know doctor patient privilege. She would know you don't do that. And I also wondered, well, is it because she was in school for psychology that she thought she maybe knew enough to help him to help him and to yeah. change him? I kinda wondered that. It's just fascinating. Two different doctors, two different women did the same thing. Yeah. And if there's a person that can't control their rage in front of other people, that's definitely a dangerous flag. person. Well, she flag. knew something because she was making steps to get out. Yeah. And, well, so. and I don't even know if the steps to get out was because she necessarily feared him as much as she had tired of it. Yeah. Because yeah. she's already you know dating other men. Right. That's true. So I'm not sure that she saw the danger, um, but she was just, you know, tired of him. And yeah, he's I'm obviously like you. I'd be... Man curious to see if he got out too it has to be somewhere mm-hmm. you know another thing i'm wondering if the the therapist saw psychopathy in them uh like did did they see the murderous rage and psychopathy because if you see psychopathy in someone which by the way you know, like we've talked about in the past you've got functioning psychopaths dysfunctional psychopaths so when most people think of psychopaths they think of people like you know israel keys ted yeah. bundy BTK, yeah. btk yeah but functional psychopaths, one of the number one, you know, top five, actually, uh, professions, they're surgeons. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, they have low empathy. Uh, and so... They also have a God complex. They can. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it makes me wonder if his therapist saw psychopathy. And there's certain markers for it. And so if they're seeing those, and then they're seeing some of the anger that he has toward his wife, I'm wondering... I'm wondering if that's what gave them, you know, the incentive to contact the I wonder the if that was his very first time murder. I think I so. I think so, yeah. I do too. Now, some may wonder about the idea of him serving in a nonprofit, you know, helping little children, you know, um, with surgery in Mexico and then saving the little boy. Uh, that gets into hot and cold empathy. And I learned this from an audio book called... Um, the wisdom of serial killers, priests, and something else. And it was talking about psychopathy. And one of the people that they were, um, the guy was, you know, visiting about was Ted Bundy. Because Ted Bundy, you know, mm-hmm. got that purse snatcher 
save the kid that was drowning. And later they asked him, what, you know, how is it? How could you save a kid, but you could kill women and torture them and, you know, all of that? He goes, well, the kid's death didn't serve any purpose. Wow. So with people like this guy, you know, it's not necessarily empathy. It's serving a purpose. Yeah. The, it's feeding their ego. It's making them look good to everybody else, right? Right. So you have an image to maintain. And so I doubt that he was helping children in Mexico out of the kindness of his heart. Quite right. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. So anyway, it made him look good, and those things serve his ego. Now, I don't, I'm wondering what you guys think. I don't know if he would have killed again. I, I think, think he would have already done it. You do? I think he would have done it to the um, chiropractor. Well, that's true. I mean, the therapist warned mm-hmm. her. But she got out quickly. She yeah. did. So I think if, if he were going to, if he were a killer, I think he would have um, went after her for leaving him. If that was a trigger. So I'm thinking oh, that true. their fight being maybe left for another man. It's just yeah. a one-off passion thing. Yeah. Maybe so. Maybe. I mean, if if Stephanie left him and there was no one else involved, it was probably not as bad as if she would have been with somebody else. She might have been in big-time trouble. But but I mean, if he got married again or another woman in the same situation. Oh, he, well, he did. got married and had a child. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. nothing. I wonder if she uh, said if he had been violent. Mm-mm. Because he was married to her during she the trial, right? She stood by right? him the whole time. Yeah. Really? And so that he was a great man, that they did not have any problems. And she was just devastated that all this was going on. And the last I heard, she still believed that he was innocent. Uh, I don't know if she does today, but in the research I did, she stood by him the whole time. Wow. Yeah. Nope. So, So you, you think he would have killed again? Or do you I do, but... Taco. I don't remember. <laughs> We we almost go in coma with tacos. I don't know if it's too much. We we eat too much. Como? You mean uh, coma? What I say? Como? Yeah, You're we trying go to into sing. a como. Com- trying to a coma. I'm <laughs> <laughs> semicolon. Coma. Semicolon. Explanation. You know, just, you know, I think it's, it's time to coma. end the podcast. I think we're done. <laughs> All right. So it's time. I hope oh. in y'all's taco okay. como that y'all and can semicolon. remember. Okay. <laughs> be smart. Be rude. And don't be a victim. Congratulations, guys. In your como. Y'all did it. And our semi Did I really say... Outline of a Murder is a Mr. Joseph production. What do you think, Joseph? Ah!